But what you can also do is you keep your clients longer because they're engaged with you, right? That's the definition of no like, and that's, trust. That's so true. Today, we get to speak with Tammy Fink, wow factor author, speaker consultant who supports established online business owners by creating unique client connections and retention strategies that will blow your clients' minds. She has over 30 years of experience in marketing, graphic design, and publishing. This loud, lovable, and full of laughs online personality will help you connect with your clients, increase client retention, and encourage more engagement. So stick around and listen to this episode with Tammy Fink. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Tammy, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I always learn tons every time I talk to you. Well, I am so excited to talk to you as well. And I have so much up here that I wish I could just click on, like, you know, jack into the matrix and download. (laughs) But uh, that's the beauty of being able to not only talk to a ton of people, but also, you know, my own innate curiosity to things. Always, always. (laughs) So Tammy, we met through our mutual friend Jim Beard and Heather. Yeah. Yeah, And it's been just so amazing talking with you, learning about you and all the different amazing things that you do. But tell us a version of your journey that no one's heard of before. Kind of like your origin story. The origin story. And this is a good one. I love, I love this question because, you know, we think a lot of times there's like this pivoting point that we just changes everything. And for me, you know, I think it was back in high school, even, I think that it's a really strange thing. Do you know, and very few people do, and I have photos to prove it, but I was a six foot two Cardinal at one point. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of a cool deal. Let me Six tell you, it's cardinal. very hot in those suits. <laughs> I so bet. I was the cardinal mascot in my high school. And so I always wanted to be a cheerleader, tried out, never made it into the cheerleading squad. So there was my junior year in high school. I decided I was going to try out for the mascots. And, you know, the cool thing with it, and there's a whole story about how that tryout went. But mm. the cool thing with it, I think at that point, is I became the face literally for the basketball, the football team, the wrestling team, the cheerleaders, I became that part of their marketing, right? Never occurred to me that that was even going to be a thing later on. In fact, at that point, I was pretty sure that I wanted to be a um, marine biologist. Now, take that in the fact that um, (laughs) I'm a Midwestern girl from Missouri, had never even been to the ocean by that point in my entire life, but that's what I wanted to do. So it's in some way, it had something to do with working at SeaWorld, I think, or, or so, something. I saw you on a movie. But you know that, that time when I was working with the, the Web City Cardinals, when I was working with them, that was a really a neat point to like start just start loving that part where I was out there and I was really bridging the gap between the fans and the audience and all of that and, you know, the school system mm-hmm. in its entirety. So, yeah, that I think that was my... 
probably my really first start, if, if you don't count the lemonade stands, you know, and all the garage sales and all of that <laughs> kind of stuff that we do when we're kids. I think all of those experiences count. Oh, because absolutely. Because you become a uh, somebody who's, you know, you're the first point of contact, right? And when you're you're in front of people, you're going to love being in front of people more, especially based on the feedback that you get, right? Right. If, if you didn't have good feedback, well, then that's probably going to be turned off for you, right? Absolutely. But that, that was an awesome story. So go on, keep going. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so, I mean, but that was really, that was the fun part um, of really learning into that. I know even when I went to college, um, you know, I played around with different ideas. I ended up being a part of the campus activity board. I worked with them. I created my first t-shirt when I was in college for the campus activity board at Missouri Southern. And, you know, I, I remember that. I wish I had a copy of it. I, I've even reached <laughs> out to some of the alumni to say, does anybody still have one of these shirts? Um, and sadly, I have not found one. But, you know, depending on where you're at, I, I just find it more and more important. Um, you know, I was planning on doing brick and mortar. I was never planning on being an entrepreneur. That was mm -hmm. never part of, you know, the whole focus. Yeah. And I did, I always tell people, I did dream of quitting my day job. And that is not the same thing at all. So don't, don't even get that confused. <laughs> Just because you don't want it, trading one for the other is not, not the best idea there. No. I know, you know, we've talked about it. I worked way harder for myself than I ever did for anybody else. And at this point, I've been doing it. Janae, I've been doing this for over 20 years wow. just in the entrepreneurial field. I mean, and I think, you know, I hear people coming in and it's amazing to me. I mean, I was doing Zoom back before it was sexy and cool, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's a lot of fun. And I think you're right. I think all the experiences lead up to this point. So as we're looking at it, you know, I... My husband relocated us. I was a corporate designer. Um, how I got to this point, I'd worked my way up. I had been doing design. I'd been working with a lot of some high-end some high end um, accounts and stuff. We mm -hmm. dealt with Hershey's. We dealt with Cinnabon and things like that as I was coming online with my own business. I was working with their collaterals and, and working with some different cappuccino companies and things yeah. like that. And the cool thing, I got to work with all of these amazing brands. And it was so cool. 2004, you know, my husband relocated us to Branson, Missouri. That's where we're in the middle of the U.S. And <laughs> I started working from home while they were trying to replace me. And I figured out how to run my own business from home. This was 2004. Oh, four, and yeah. And so I, I know, right? So by that point, I had already started putting things together, started developing my own company. And so I was doing freelance design. First year in business, I was doing freelance design work and I loved it. Um, but then what I was finding out later on is that while we were building these fantastic brands, especially in the online space, it was like there was this big disconnect between in real life and the online world, right? With coaches and everything. They were fantastic at what they were doing, but they were, I was finding holes, finding, you know, these, these bridge points to how can we connect better with their clients? How can we help them to create more impact in their clients' lives? And so that's pivoted a dozen times and, and yeah. that's where we are today. So yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> But it's fun, you know, it's exciting it and I, I love doing what I do. 
You know, when you said you worked much more harder when you were working for yourself than for somebody else. And that goes to show that when you work for yourself, you might feel bored sometime, you might feel burned out sometime, but you get this internal calm contentment, like, hey, I'm doing this for myself, I'm not doing it for somebody else. There's nobody above me. I pick right. my hours, right? It's, it's so empowering. And, and that's the, that's the drive people see. Now, one thing that I learned earlier this year was that there's less than 1% entrepreneurs in the US. Wow. And I was like, wow, really? And he's like, yes, because there are so many systems in place in the US. It is a, you know, it's a first world country. There's, there's so many different systems in place for people for, you know, there's un unemployment, there's, there's welfare, there's like so many different things people can count on the government. But in third world countries, there's a lot more entrepreneurs because there's no systems in place. And that's why when we got on Clubhouse, when we got on LinkedIn, when we got on these other platforms, you start reaching out and you start connecting people. You see a lot of people from Australia, Nigeria, you, Africa, you know, there's a ton of people all around the world. And you start feeling like the world is a really small space. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think that that's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, all of a sudden it becomes really small. You know, the first year I was in business, I went international, mm -hmm. you know, and I ended up working with um, a, a gentleman who was Indian he was living in the UK. Yeah. He was wanting to deal with a printer in China. <laughs> Every and we were and we were doing a large format, mm -hmm. which is huge files. Yeah. And it was just taking like three and four days, even with the internet, to get, you know, to get the files approved and all yeah. of that. And I decided, okay, that I don't have a you know, I don't have that niche for that for that mm -hmm. market. But it, it is out there, you know, wherever you want to do business. I've heard of entrepreneurs that I had never thought of this because like I said, I kind of had things laid out. I would just continue doing what I was doing just for different people. Yeah. But entrepreneurs that, you know, maybe they're moms or, you know, single parents or whatever that way. And they've got their kids during part of the day or the evening. So their time that they could work is maybe from noon to three or something that way. So they yeah. do all of their business yeah. in another country. You yeah. know, they go to Australia and all of a sudden they're working in Australia because those time frame, that's what the time is they have to work. How awesome is that? Yes. Like you don't have to just give up whatever it is that you can be anything at this point. Exactly. It's it's certainly mind-blowing and amazing at the same time. It really and is. with the advent of internet technology, like now you can start a business from your smartphone. You don't even need a computer no, you can no. start so many things directly from your phone and it's just going to get even better like my son has a youtube channel where he's produced content for himself right i love that how old and was he when you bought him his domain name <laughs> was he young when you bought a domain name for him does he have his own domain name he does have his own domain name which uh, so I was like, hey, use technojunkie.com as a domain name. Now, this domain name I've owned for the past 15, 18 years because I was blogging on it about technology and my cousins were blogging on it. But I was like, hey, take this domain name and use that for your YouTube channel. 
and then go from there. So cool. that was kind of because it's it's like especially when you're at that young age, like nine and ten, you don't have the concept of brand. You don't have the concept of sure you see, uh, oh, this is GI Joe or this is Transformers. That's the brand that they are, you know, a- attracted to a Lego. But how do you build your own brand? Well, luckily, I had a little bit of experience, right? Being a graphic designer and helping uh, in the same space that you're in, right? But on the digital side. So that's been a huge plus for him, right? On shoulders of giants because... I was just talking to somebody earlier about telling them about where my dad comes from, right? He was, he's one of two siblings and he grew up in India and, you know, very small layout. And then they had to live with my uncle. And then now he had to struggle so much more to, to get to, to give us the opportunity to then grow out. Right. So now, seven siblings we all own or have their our own homes that we live in right so now we can provide so much more to our kids oh wow yeah and and i think that that's amazing and like i said we're already starting to plan i i see you know kid entrepreneurs i mean there mm-hmm. there is a movement there just in, yes. in the kids market it is um you know there's so many things because again they can do things you know from that early age, what can they yeah. create? And there's programs out there and there's tons of resources for them that, you know, obviously we didn't have, <laughs> I had an Atari was my first computer, like, <laughs> but like I remember it. And I think it came from Montgomery Wards, which was yeah. like Sears and Roebuck or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that in the Midwest, I don't know where all it's at, but, and it had literally this little, this little, um, uh, memory cube to it that you would put in and then you would take it out and it would basically erase the entire memory of anything. And I had, you know, the first computer in college, um, the, or in, I'm not not even college in high school, the first computer I had an Apple two E right. It was like a boat anchor. (laughs) This thing was huge. And all we did in programming class at that point, because it's all we had, we didn't have internet at that point. But in programming class, we'd like, we'd get this big, thick book that had all the HTML coding in it. And you would just type in sections and see if you got it right or if you had any typos or things that would blow everything up and you'd have to start (laughs) over. And I mean, that was our experience, which was was cool because it was different, right? yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't anything like what the kids are growing up with now. You know, I've got grandbabies that I've got. I know I don't look old enough. Bless your heart. (laughs) (laughs) But I've got grandbabies that are two and four, and they already know how to get on your phone and find the YouTube and find, you know, I mean, find their stations of the things that, like you said, are attracting them. Right. Uh, So, I mean, it's they're they're into it for a whole different reason. And it's going to be a whole different world for them. It is. And it, it. What I think what it really comes down to, what type of mentorship do these kids have, right? So being the pioneers that we were in our area, if we can guide them into this right path, like, hey, this is what you can do with this. This is what you can spend hours and hours on watching these dumb YouTube videos, right? There's there's a and there's a ton of them. Or you can go this route and learn how to apply 
that same stuff to build this new app, this new game, or, you know, do a book. You know, there's, there's so many different things that we can do, but yeah. Yeah. There's so, so many things. Let's come back around. I know we kind of went on a tangent over there. <laughs> <laughs> let's come back around to what, what were some of your motivations for the things that you did and share some of your expertise on what you offer and what you do for your clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where I think the, the biggest inspiration was, is like I said, figuring out this gap in between in real life and the virtual community. So things as simple as you can send birthday cards. It's okay. There's no rules that says you can't do this or that you could have a, a postcard sent. Mm -hmm. And especially in this time, you know, it used to be junk mail and, and really um, that's almost all we get anyway, but there's things that come in the mail that all of a sudden the, the online space is so noisy that you can take your online business, which now is unexpected mm -hmm. to go into the real world and you yeah. can send things to your clients. So, you know, and I'm not saying swag is wonderful. I love swag. Give me some good swag. But here's the difference in what I'm talking about. This ain't, ain't your mama's swag. This is the stuff <laughs> that really is strategic in what your clients are doing and what they're getting from you. So let's say at the end of the day, let's say you have a client that is um, a mompreneur, right? That she stays at home, works with her kids. She's doing the things. So that's, that's her job. And, and that's who she works with, other moms. So instead of giving, you know, just having everything online and all of that, what would it be like for that mom to get a cookie in the mail, a, cho a real chocolate chip cookie, one in the mail and with a note on it that says, here's the cookie you don't have to share, right? Then all of a sudden she thinks, oh my gosh, you've seen me, right? Mm -hmm. So it's those things. I mean, that's, Better than a logo slapped on a T-shirt or a hat. Yeah. I mean, there's places for that. But how do you connect in a way that is meaningful and memorable? I call them my M&Ms, right? Something that's meaningful and memorable to your end user, to your client, to your members, to your staff, your team. How do you connect with these people in something that really, really matters? And, you know, I love doing what I'm doing. I didn't invent all of it. No. <laughs> <I> stretch. <laughs> You know, some people that I look up to, um, uh, John Ruin, I love his ideas and stuff with, with the big, you know, his big concepts and stuff. If you haven't read uh, the book Giftology, I love that book. Um, not as much as I love the Wow Factor book, which is a whole other thing we'll talk about. But <laughs> in his book, one of the things that he did and all of the people that he built connections and he got into high level clients and stuff by gifting. I've got people online that, that do that all the time. Our friend, our friend Chris Voss does that stuff. I love the stuff that he does. But one of the things that John did that I, I was so impressed by, and this just made such a difference, is that as a part of his sign-on, when people come to work for John, he's got a big corporation now, but when people come to work for him, you know, they're going to expect, you know, insurance and, you know, your paycheck and, you know, maybe some 401ks, you know, that's the stuff that everybody does. Right. One of the things that John does that I think blows my mind the most is that he has a package deal that he provides house cleaning services for his employees. No. Like, it, yes. And it's like paid for, like they can't, they pay, he pays to have, because he feels like less stress at home means less stress at work. 
How brilliant is that? That's that brilliant. I mean, to me, I get cold chills you know, thinking of ideas of that. I mean, that's so exciting to me. The wives of the husbands that work there are saying, you're never quitting. You'll always work for John. <laughs> you know, how do you get a better job than that? You know, because wow. he has factored in their home life, their, you know, even if they're single and whatever that way, you know, this is stuff they don't have to worry about. This is something he can take off their plate for a minimal fraction of, of the money that they fraction, make for yeah. him. He knows that. And he pays back into his employees. So how can you pay back into your clients? I mean, if they're paying you money, how can you take five, seven, ten percent of what they're paying you and actually create something that means something to them, right? And it can be even from that point to do you have journals for your clients? You know, maybe they, they do a lot of writing or you need them to do writing or you need them to be creative or you need them to drink eight glasses of water a day. Whatever it is, you can take that information, the things that are part of your program, and you can put those into planners. You can put those wow. into actual physical products that give higher client retention. It helps your clients to have something that they can be held accountable to. And it gives them something to remember the event by so that they can also go through and see where, how far they've come. So there's so many different reasons to do it. It's not just a nice to have, right? It's such a no, different level than just your regular wow. swag. So what I do, besides coming up with all the wonderful ideas, which I, <laughs> I love doing for my clients, is that we actually have, I have got a couple of courses. We just are launching a course. I don't know. I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but mm -hmm. the end of August, we'll launch our first beta version of the Welcome Box Challenge. And what that is going to be, it's a paid challenge, a couple of days, three hours, but it's us coming up with what do you want to send your clients as an onboarding project for, for them. And, and it's stuff you can do yourself. It doesn't have yeah. to be. You don't have to come mm -hmm. on board. I'd be happy to take it off your hands and do VIP concierge service. You give me the names, I'll send you send the stuff for you. But if you want to DIY it, if you want to do it from home, you, you know, want to get the kids licensed and involved in this, this is some of the things that you need to learn. Where do you get your boxes? How do you put the things together? Where do you, where are you going to source your products? Right. All of that we go into in the, in the challenge. So I'm coming up with ways that we could build these products together that actually make a difference. Does that make sense? I know it's a lot, but. No, I, but it, it totally really, makes sense because uh, I just signed up for this 30 day challenge the 30 day ambitious challenge. And he sent me a hat. There's a hat sitting here. There's a, there's a tumbler there. He's got a energy product that he put in there. So all of that was part of me, I, you know, signing up for this. Sure. Challenge. The onboarding or the welcome box, right? Yeah. It's like a welcome right. box. So it, even with that, like I said, there's different kinds of welcome boxes that yeah. you can do. And it may even be, you know, like I said, he, you, you can look and see maybe even the energy drink that he sent you. He may have an affiliate link on Amazon for that. If he doesn't, he needs to have an affiliate link for Amazon. No, it's his, it's his own product. It's, all, it's well, the, and, right? So, so, so it's a sample. So it's mm -hmm. a sampler style. Yeah, yeah. And and that's something, you know, like I said, people want to try your stuff. They want to do that. And, they you know, that's from a brick and mortar or online space. You can put product in there. You can also, like I said, put workbooks, journals, different things that you can create that way. And then again, you know, you can appeal to your end user as to at the end of the day, when they're finished with your course, how do they self-identify, right? Russell Brunson yeah. does this all, does this very well, right? The Funnel Hacker t-shirts that Russell Brunson does. I mean, he has tons of his books and all of that's brilliant. Right. We, we all love that. But the Funnel Hacker shirts, 
is one of the brilliant components of that whole package of people getting that shirt when they've crossed a milestone with Mm. him. Right. So it's not only here's swag. Number one, it doesn't say anything about ClickFunnels, right? Well, I think it has a ClickFunnels logo on the back. But it, but the front of it is, this is who I am now. I have yeah. completed this program. Here is I am. I am a funnel hacker. Yeah. And you self-identify. You look for other funnel hackers that are like you. You combine. You get into gr- small groups. And you interact. And so it yeah. becomes a movement. Because at the end of the day, I firmly believe this, Jenna, that at the end of the day, People want to be a part of your story, not a part yes. of your brand. And most people miss that. They miss that until they're, you know, way into it. So I work with a lot of clients, not necessarily up and coming, but people who want to take it to the next level, yeah. people who are established entrepreneurs, maybe they've gone as far as they can go and they want to go more. These are things that you can add into. They're not just nice to have, they're add into your VIP package. You can have it where it's paid for by the client right? And part of their experience. Yeah. And what that does for you, you can mark it up. I don't care if you mark it up or not. And that's right. not even my point, but you could mark it up a little bit and make some extra yeah. cash. Yeah. But what you can also do is you keep your clients longer because they're engaged with you. Right. That's the definition of no like, and that's, trust. That's so true. They're engaged. Because when you look around your, your office, I'm going to see that box or the hat. I'm going to wear that hat, right? It's just going to keep reminding me, oh, Greg did such, such an amazing thing with the ambitious 30-day challenge. He taught me a ton of things. Every day there was a new video. And I'm going to keep going back to that because it's an immediate reminder. And with digital, it's almost like short-term memory. It really is. It, right? I mean, and they've said that. What? Like the, you have the sec- a goldfish, right? Yeah, you know, they have goldfish, the whole mindset exactly. of a goldfish kind of scenario <laughs> with this. Whereas the pieces. You know, I is his hat brand. I'm guessing it's branded. Does it have his logo and everything? Of course it, it does. On his yeah. Hat? Okay. Grab the hat. Oh, it's the swag. It's the swag. That's awesome. Right. That's cool. It's just, it so says a little ambitious the, over here, but yeah. It is. But the ambitious part of that, that is important because that's not to be, because that's how you, you have that ambition at the end. You know what I mean? This is your, that's how you're self-identifying with it. Yes. And that makes a huge difference. If your clients can self-identify with it, then if your hat, your hat, your ink pen, you know, whatever. And I have opinions about all of it, but that's not the first stuff that goes to the garage sale, right? Or that's not the first stuff that you see at the thrift store. How many logo t-shirts do you see at the thrift store, right? Um, you know, Cablecom, you know, or whatever cable company has these t-shirts, you know, whatever, whatever they're sending out free it's fine and well and good. And it ends up being something you're working in the car with, you're doing all of these things. But if you're self-identifying with the product, if the product actually makes it into your closet, into your wardrobe, not just your closet, but actually something that you like to wear, it's your favorite shirt. Then people are going to ask about it. Then, then you get that buyback factor, you know? So it's, it's a tough, it's a tough game because we see it all over the place. It's how do you, how do you make that difference in your client's life? So they do keep your things. You know, um, when I was driving for Lyft, um, they had this huge mustaches. Yeah. So I still, that you would put in front of your car and I still have one of those, (laughs) right? (laughs) I love that. I don't want to get rid of it because it's such, such an icon. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
maybe I can put it back there. You know, you can see this big mustache hanging up. Like, what's up with that mustache? Oh, I used to be a lift driver. See? But yeah, that's that's so cool. I love it. Well, Tammy, this was this has been really exciting. I, I love all the things that you're sharing and and it's triggering triggering in my mind, hey, how can I reach out to my clients, the people that I've helped uh, build their websites, build their logos, you know, have a, had a, had a podcast with them or help them set up their studios. Like what products or what things can I share with them that would be personalized and that would remind them of me every day so they can be like, oh, Junaid, I'm still using this case that you sent me or, or I don't know, something like that. Well, but there are so many things. Number one, I mean, in the digital space and in, in the, the, um, the IT space, right? Because um, that's where you're at and you're playing and stuff too. There are so many cool things. Yeah. There, you know, you're doing a lot of video setups and things that way that you can do. There's some cool video bags, like when mm-hmm. people have their their their. I don't know if they call they don't call them bug out bags, but whatever they are, the bags that you carry, you know, that yeah. have your equipment that you just jump and go. You can have bags like that that are mm-hmm. set up. It becomes part of their day-to-day lives, right? And it doesn't need to be something that's cool. Maybe you can't afford to do that for everybody, but maybe right. your top five, your top 10 clients, you could do that for. Yeah. Um, if they're buying into a program that you're already establishing, take a look at the budget, figure out, you know, like I said, three, five, seven, 10%, whatever your percentage is, figure yeah. out what it is and build something that's intentional for them and not just something that's just a nice to have. It needs right. to be something that's a part of your brand, um, it doesn't, and it doesn't even necessarily, I know you're, you're just going to roll your eyes at me. It does not necessarily have to have your logo on it. Right. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Sure. This is in the book, but, um, (laughs) in the book, I talk about, um, one of the stories that I loved, I went to an event, the speaker was speaking about staying in your own lane. That was her topic. Um, you know, it's a typical topic. It was a very good speech. The speaker who was there, I remember her name. I remember her topic. I remember where I was. And this has been five years ago. She gave out a, took out a big box and put it on every table of Hot Wheels cars. And everybody dug through the Hot Wheels cars and they found their Hot Wheels car, right? Like they kept that Hot Wheels car. I have that cup. I just moved my desk, but I typically have the Hot Wheels car on my desk because it's fun. It's little. It it traveled well in the suitcase when it was coming home. I mean, there's all of these things that you need to think about where you're giving it, how you're giving it. It does not have her logo on it at all. But yet I remember all of those details. And I've told this story hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. I put it in my book. You know, because like I said, th- that was brilliant. Of her. Does not have her logo anywhere on it. Doesn't need to. Doesn't need to. Right? Yeah. Because she attached it to a memory, just like you do when you go on vacation and you buy that Swatsky, whatever thing that you're buying to remind right. you of the vacation, right? My parent, I tell you, I live in Branson, right? So I, all over Branson is, you know, my parents went to Branson and all they brought me back was this lousy t shirt, you know, that kind of thing. Because we do those things to remind us of where we've been and yes, what we're it's doing. The memories that so count. if you can connect it on that level, it doesn't even need your logo. Right. Logo's nice to have. I'm just saying, you know, as we're building it, there's these, these deeper connections. So, you know, I wow. challenge you if, if you're, as you're looking for things, we just launched 
a our quiz, our first quiz. I don't know if you've done one of these. I love it. I did and it. And it's called the it. Wow Factor Quiz, and it's wowfactorquiz.com. But you can go there and look at the different things that we're talking about, how you're connecting. And each way it tells you what kind of a connector you are mm. at the end of it. Um, but it puts you into that mindset of, okay, how can I connect? How can I do better? What's in it for, you know, how do I want to do it? Some people want to DIY this. We're doing like a welcome box challenge, like I said, coming up. Yeah. That's for people who want to DIY it. Do Other it people yeah. don't want, they want to remember people's birthdays. They want to do all the things, but they want it completely automated. Mm. We do everything from design to warehousing, to order fulfillment, to production, all of that. It, we do we do that for you. So depending on what, it, what level you want to even come into it, you know, you can do that. If you're just thinking about it, if you're just starting out, I have the Wow Factor book. You jump yeah. on Amazon. Go get the Wow Factor book because it gets you to start thinking about how can you connect differently with your clients? How can you make it something that they're going to remember the experience? And at the end of the day, they're going to refer more clients to you, right? This isn't a nice to have. It's a strategic point, but it matters to your clients. No, I I absolutely love it. You know, that's, that's freaking amazing. And Talking about physical products, uh, there's this company called Antsy Labs, and mm-hmm. they they were the first one who came up with the fidget cubes. Yeah, and yeah. then um, I think for last year or or maybe even earlier than that, they started making these in real life achievement coins that you can own. I love so I got that. one of these. It's got the 2020. As as a dumpster fire on top of it, <laughs> <laughs> it's got six that. logos around it with the coronavirus, the dragon, the 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 toilet paper, the fire, the wildfires. I'm gonna have to look at that. I'll I'll, I'll share the link with you, but it was it was so much fun because I can hold this thing physically and it's a mm-hmm. a real life achievement that I've done right. <laughs> I've passed through 2020. My everything you know, and you'll keep it and you'll refer it, yes. back to it, yeah. you know? So, I mean, it's brilliant. And it's like I said, at the end of the day, we all, regardless of a product or service, whatever that is, we want to have you remember that this is what we do. Right. And by doing that, attaching that to that, yeah. then that becomes part of it. I create unique customer experiences. I'll leave you with this last one. Cause I know, I don't know what your time frame is, but <laughs> the unique customer experiences. And I have, when I speak and I went out to Utah right before 2020 and I delivered this speech to um, a group out there, a mastermind um, retreat that I was able, they flew me out. We did all this stuff and I left every one of them with a Rubik's cube because there, I have a tie into that into my speech where we create unique customer experiences based on the Rubik's cube. And the, and there's a whole story behind that, mm-hmm. but that's the thing that I leave behind with them. And I've had people tell me you're, you know, it's been a couple of years now um, that coming up this next month, it's been two years since we've done that, that they said that, you know, they still think of that. That's something that they still have in their office. It's something that they play with. They do the fidget stuff. And it's all about, like I said, it's based on that conversation. How can you create a unique customer experience for yeah. your clients? I love that. Right? I love it. You, you've just given me the title for the episode. Awesome. There <laughs> you, you know, go. <laughs> that's something that, that, I, that I struggle with, but it's, it's a fun exercise. So 
Tammy, thank you so much for sharing your origin story, your expertise and your motivations and what enabled you to be here. But we got a lightning round of some fun questions <laughs> on the way. It. <laughs> so let's do it. What is the one hobby that you wish you got into? This before surfing. Ooh. I don't know what it is about the ocean. And I, like I said, I didn't grow up there. I didn't do the things. But I look at that and think, oh, my gosh, what am I missing out on? It's, and now, you know, I'm in my 50s. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's like probably not the best idea. I don't know. Maybe we'll do some boogie boards. I don't know. I did ski when I was a kid on the lake. Mm -hmm. We lived at the lake. I did ski and, and we did zip sleds, which are kind of like boogie boards yeah. uh, behind the boat and things like that I've done. But I always thought it would be cool to to be able to surf. So yeah, who knows? surfing surfing does sound really awesome. I think my cousin took some classes, and I grew up in Southern California. I should have jumped on the opportunity, but you know we're all in different headspaces and different no, absolutely journeys yeah. that we're accomplishing. So absolutely. cool. All right, what did you want to be when you wanted when you were a child? When I was a child. Again, with, with the, the, we answered a lot of these. We covered a lot of information today. Yeah. A marine biologist. That's what I wanted to go to be school for. That's what I wanted to do. I really think it had to do, and I know that this is not politically correct at this point. <laughs> I think I wanted to ride the orcas, right? I think that, like SeaWorld and stuff, you Hell know, when yeah, they do yeah. the trainers and all the things. <laughs> I think that's what somehow I thought that that would be, again, a, a really cool job that you could get paid for. I and think now I, I make wells for a living and I think, I can get paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think you could still have that experience, not about riding, but maybe swimming alongside dolphins and whatnot. You know, I really should do that. I, I did that um, swim with this, um, the sand rays. Uh -huh. We did a cruise one time and we say, and we got to do that. And that was kind of interesting. Not as yeah. cool as I thought it was going to be, right. but it was still interesting. <laughs> I learned a lot. But yeah, the dolphin thing might be it might be a way of, of getting through that too. Like, yeah, like at least exactly. check it off the bucket, bucket list. list. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Next one up. What is your favorite movie or TV show? I am a diehard Firefly fan. Oh my god. Oh I love Firefly. I'm telling you. I still get mad. I watch through like the entire season, like once a year or something, yeah, I'll go through and watch the entire thing. I still get mad at the end. Like, why wasn't there more? Why? <laughs> I know, right? Like, I don't understand that thought process of how you lose complete, complete connection with your audience. I think that's the deal with that. Like yeah. the producers and the people that mattered, it happens, right? I think they lost touch with their audience and with the people that were doing it. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal show. I love it. I love it. All right. Um, what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Wow. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I liked a lot of, the, I don't know what character I'd want to play though. That would be the thing. My other movie that I love is Lost. And I know it takes forever to get, I don't know if you've ever watched the entire I've seen, thing. I've is, seen parts of Lost. I was lost. So. <laughs> We're lost. Oh I didn't God. watch it when it came out. Like okay. I remember people talking. I was still working a real job at that point. I remember people talking about it at the water cooler or whatever in the so publication company it, yeah. I was working for. 
I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. But when it came out where I could watch it, the entire the thing, thing, I mean, yeah. I spent extra time. I don't even remember. I mean, it's months worth of watching it. Oh, Not, yeah, I bet. You know, I mean, it's forever. But I, I would like to do I thought that would kind of be cool, you know. And like I said, it was on an island. So we kind of have this <laughs> theme going. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Last but not least, who is your favorite superhero? Oh, my favorite superhero. You know, from a kid's perspective, I'm going to go cartoon on you because, yeah. you know, it's that whole deal. But my favorite cartoon character was Mighty Mouse back in the day. And as an adult, I actually got to work with the Mighty Mouse brand and create some cool collaterals and stuff for a printing company I was working for in Kansas. They actually went through, I got to deal with all of their attorneys and all of the stuff that it takes to do some really cool booth collaterals for one of their big trade shows that they had. Um, yeah, my, but I got Mighty to play Mouse was really cool. Yeah, Mighty I Mouse remember cool, that man. show back in the days. There you all go. Right, last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? It has to be Pictionary. Oh. I am. I know. And I am. It's like a thing, man. I, my husband and I were on. And I can't. Okay. I'm a graphic designer. I don't know if you have this appreciation or not. I'm a graphic designer. I cannot draw a straight line. Like, it, I, I can design online. Like, people like, sketch it out. It's like, I'm not sketching anything. I'll just get in here and I'll do it. But I. But Pictionary, as bad as it is, I love this, the pace of it. I love being able to do that. I love Pictionary. So, yeah, yeah, Pictionary is absolutely awesome. Unfortunately, it is not a board game, but I'll let you have it. <laughs> it kind of, I guess, not really a board game. Dang it, man. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. You know, um, you remember the, the, TV, the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, at the end of it, um, Robert Kiyosaki talked about, uh, talk about cash flow quadrant and all that stuff. He yes. had built a board game called the Cash Flow. It was the Cash Flow game, which would actually last for like three hours if you were to play it wow. with people. But there are at least uh, 100 to 200 new board games coming out every month, which is, it might be every day or a month. I, I can't remember, but... I know there are new board games coming out all the time. That is crazy. Well, you know that that had, I mean, with everybody being stuck at home, yes. right? Like yes. that's the whole thing. Like that family connection piece. It is. It's huge. There's your market right there. I mean, that's, you know, I've done, I've never designed a board game. I have, I don't know if you have, I've not designed a board game. I've designed I um, video collaterals and stuff, the boxes and the how-to manuals and mm -hmm. all of that. Um, I designed for, for those, but I've never done a board game. Wow. Well, go. maybe that would be the next thing. Maybe you it work with be. one of the clients. Hey, do you want to create a custom board game for your customers? You should totally do it. I've seen uh, some cool ones, um, where they've taken Monopoly. I have no idea if Monopoly, like whatever yeah. guidelines were holding that back. But then all of a sudden, like we've got them here, like the Branson. So it has like features and things that are specifically home to Branson, you know, yeah, different yeah, things yeah. that we They've have that makes sense. So at some point that became a thing, but yeah, that's, yep. you know, do you know that the Rubik's cube, I'll take you back that, do you know that the Rubik's cube was not designed as a children's toy? And in fact, when, when Erno Rubik took mm -hmm. it to 
um, Mattel and them to try to get them to to license it. Mm-hmm. They said nobody's going to want this product. It's too hard. It's too hard of a puzzle for people to figure out. They just don't want to do it. It is the top all selling toy of all time. Is the Rubik's cube? That's amazing. Just a little. Well, thank you, Tammy. <laughs> Where can my audience find you? I know you shared uh, the Wow Factor quiz. Uh, wowfactorquiz.com is a great place. Also, wowtammy.com. It's okay. my website, and it has a lot of the things that we do, the different speaking opportunities and different things like that that I have um, going out there. I do more. I, I'm trying to do more and more speaking. I got involved with Clubhouse. I got into doing that. I'm looking to do, hopefully, doing some really, really amazing co-moderation projects and stuff over on clubhouse nice and i hang out on facebook instagram i'm everywhere awesome we'll we'll be (laughs) sure we'll be sure to share and include the links to all the places that you're at in the show notes for the episode thank you so much for your time it was really lovely talking with you and uh looking forward to working with you it's always a pleasure yeah it's always fun (laughs) all right Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode. Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at hexandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website. 